This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hello and welcome to Reality Check. Today is Sunday the 31st of December 2017 and I'm your host, Tony Pittman. This is episode 75 of Reality Check here on Joy 94.9. Reality Check is a show designed to give you a healthy dose of reality. And we do that by promoting the art of critical thinking and skeptical analysis. Each show, we bring you a roundup of LGBT news, followed by an in-depth analysis of an issue related to the paranormal or the pseudoscientific, And finally, we wrap up each show with a movie review. On today's show, after our LGBT News Roundup, we're going to try to answer the burning question, should we still boycott Gloria Jean's? Now, Gloria Jean's coffee was owned for many years by two prominent members of the homophobic Hillsong megachurch. And many people have been boycotting Gloria Jean's for years because of those homophobic connections. But the coffee chain was sold recently, so does that mean we can start drinking Gloria Jean's again? Well, that's the question we're going to answer. Then in our movie review, we'll have a look at the new Italian-American romantic drama, Call Me By Your Name. So for all that and more... Stay tuned to Reality Check here on Joy 94.9. All right, let's get into our LGBT news roundup for the period since our last episode of Reality Check back on the 29th of January, which is 11 months ago. Yes, dear listener, it's been almost a year since I recorded an episode of Reality Check. In fact, I think that's the longest period between episodes we've ever had. So sorry, dear listener, if you've been waiting with bated breath for this episode, I've just had a pretty busy year this year, trying to finish writing a screenplay and traveling to Mexico and Europe. But we're back on the air now and ready for some LGBT news. So let's start, as usual, with marriage news. 
and the most momentous news of the year, which was, of course, what happened in Germany. Now, some of you may have been suspecting I was going to say Australia there, but we take a global perspective here at Reality Check, and on a global scale, the achievement of marriage equality in Germany was clearly the event of the year. And the way it happened there was quite extraordinary because, well, it actually came as a big surprise to pretty much everyone. It was very quick and very unexpected. On June 27th, Angela Merkel suddenly announced out of the blue that they were going to have a free vote in the Bundestag on marriage equality. Then, just three days later, on June 30th, the free vote took place and marriage equality was passed, just like that. And it came into force on October 1st, meaning that same-sex couples have now been getting married in Germany for three months already. So, wonderful and very exciting news. Of course, very significant because, I mean, Germany is a major world power. It's the fourth largest economy in the world, and with 82 million people, it's now the third most populous country to have achieved marriage equality after the USA and Brazil. So a very exciting development there in Germany. It also means that there are now very few countries in Western Europe that don't have marriage equality. Pretty much the only holdouts now are Italy and Switzerland. That's about it. And hopefully it won't take too long before they get it as well. Now, before we leave Europe, we should mention that the other European country to achieve marriage equality this year was the small island state of Malta. They did it through a bill passed by the parliament on July 12th. Now, Malta only has a population of half a million people, so it's not hugely significant, but still definitely very encouraging to see a small and very Catholic country like Malta embracing marriage equality. All right, let's move on to the other big marriage news for this year, which was, of course, after so many years, what happened right here in Australia. So, we had the ridiculous marriage law postal survey, the results of which were announced on November 15th, and showed that 62% of voters were in favour of marriage equality, which we already knew because countless surveys have been conducted over the last 15 years showing the same thing. But anyway, this finally gave the politicians cover to vote in favour of a marriage equality bill, which was quickly passed and came into effect on December 9th, meaning that marriage equality is now the law of the land here in Australia. Some people have already got married, in fact, although most marriages will start in a few days on January 9th. So, after all these years and all this fighting and campaigning, it's finally come to pass. 
Not in the way I would have liked, I have to say, but it's finally happened. And of course, we've always said here on Reality Check that marriage equality in Australia was inevitable. And, well, we've finally been proved right, which is always a nice feeling. Now, meanwhile, there's still a bit more marriage news because although Germany, Malta and Australia were the only countries to achieve marriage equality this year, there have been other places to get it, most notably three more states of Mexico. And those states were Chiapas, Puebla and Baja California. So that means the total number of Mexican states with marriage equality is now 14, meaning there are still 18 to go. So we're almost halfway in Mexico. It's a long and arduous process there. But like Australia, it is inevitable and we will see marriage equality throughout the whole country eventually. Now, our final two pieces of marriage news come from two countries on opposite sides of the planet, but that now find themselves in a very similar position. And that position is that they don't have marriage equality yet, but in both those countries, it's been decreed by the highest court of the land, and it will come into effect in 2019. And those two countries are Taiwan and Austria. In May this year, the Constitutional Court of Taiwan ruled that marriage equality is a constitutional requirement and gave the legislature two years to enact it into law. And if they haven't done so by May 2019, then it will automatically become the law of the land. The same thing happened in Austria in December. The Constitutional Court there said marriage equality will become law in January 2019 unless the Parliament acts to introduce it earlier. So this means that in both Taiwan and Austria, marriage equality is now a foregone conclusion. The only question is whether the legislatures act to introduce it earlier than the 2019 deadlines. Let's hope they do, but either way, it's coming very soon in Austria and Taiwan. So in terms of marriage news, we're ending 2017 on a very positive note. Things are definitely moving in the right direction in many parts of the world. And that's about it for our marriage news, but let's have a quick look at another couple of LGBT news items before we finish our roundup. The first item is that, well, we should acknowledge that we have a few more openly gay and lesbian world leaders now. As you may remember, dear listener, the Prime Minister of Luxembourg, Xavier Battelle, is gay and has been in office since 2013. But we now also have the Prime Minister of Ireland, Leo Varadkar, and the PM of Serbia, Anna Brnabic. Both of them came to power in June and both of them are openly gay. Well, Leo Varadkar is a gay man, Anna Brnabic a lesbian woman. So, 
Very exciting developments there in Europe, especially in Serbia. Who would have thought a lesbian prime minister? I wonder when we'll get our first openly LGB or T prime minister here in Australia. Who knows? It'll happen eventually. I have no doubt about that. All right, finally, we can't complete this LGBT news roundup of 2017 without acknowledging one piece of bad news that's occurred this year. Now, we don't normally focus on bad news here on Reality Check, but sometimes it's so extreme that it becomes historic and so unfortunately warrants a mention. And the bad news we need to mention today is what's been happening in Chechnya. Because starting in March and April this year, the authorities launched a campaign to kill or round up as many gay and bisexual men as they could. The head of Chechnya, Ramzan Kadyrov, decided he wanted to clean up the country before Ramadan began in May. And so they rounded up over a hundred men and imprisoned them in concentration camps. Yes, dear listener, concentration camps for gay men in 2017. It's unbelievably horrific. Dozens of men died in the process, either through mistreatment by the authorities or through so-called honor killings by their families after they were released. In other words, the shame of having a gay or bisexual son was so great for the families that they preferred to kill their son. Absolutely horrible. So the situation in Chechnya right now is very, very grim indeed. And setting up concentration camps for gay and bisexual men, well, that sets a new historic low for the treatment of LGBT people, at least in the last few decades. Let's hope the situation there improves somehow and improves very soon. Anyway, that depressing note brings us to the end of our LGBT news roundup for the last 11 months. But it's not the end of our discussion on homophobia, because we're about to take a look at the homophobic megachurch known as Hillsong, and its association with Gloria Jean's coffee. Is Gloria Jean's still the bastion of homophobia it once was? Or is it time to end our boycott and start drinking Gloria Jean's coffee once again? Well, to find out, stay tuned to Reality Check here on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9 in Melbourne. Joy.org.au for the world. Senator Penny Wong, you're listening to Australia's Joy 94.9. Welcome back to Reality Check. I'm Tony Pittman and the station is Joy 94.9. And the song you just heard there was Morir Tres Veces by Mexican pop group Moenia. 
We move now into the part of the show where we normally undertake a skeptical analysis of a subject related to pseudoscience or the paranormal. But today we're doing something a little different. We're going to ask and answer the question, should we still boycott Gloria Jeans? Back in 2012, a boycott campaign was launched against Gloria Jeans Coffee after it was discovered that they'd donated money to the homophobic ACL, the Australian Christian Lobby. But Gloria Jeans has new owners these days, so do we still need to boycott it? Well, before I answer that question, let me just back up a little bit and give you some background and context to the whole Gloria Jeans saga. Because many people are not even aware of it. Many people don't even know that they're supposed to be boycotting Gloria Jeans coffee in the first place. Some of you may not even know what Gloria Jeans is. So let me try, dear listener, to fill in some of those gaps in your knowledge. First of all, what is Gloria Jeans? Well, it's a chain of coffee shops, very similar to Starbucks. And like Starbucks, it also began in the USA back in the 1970s. Starbucks got going in Seattle, whereas Gloria Jeans was founded in Chicago. And also, like Starbucks, it gradually expanded across the United States during the 80s and 90s. But then, in the mid-90s, the stories of those two companies diverge, because unlike Starbucks, Gloria Jeans was purchased in 1995 by two Australian businessmen, Nabi Saleh and Peter Irvine. And they expanded the chain outside the United States and particularly expanded it across Australia. Today, Gloria Jeans has over a thousand stores in 39 countries. Over 460 of those stores are located here in Australia. So that's Gloria Jeans. It's a large, successful, coffee house chain begun in Chicago in the 70s but now predominantly operating in Australia with significant operations all around the world. Now we move to the next question. Why exactly was there a boycott of Gloria Jeans? Well, the reason is because remember those two Australian businessmen who bought it back in the 90s, Nabi Saleh and Peter Irvine? Well, it turns out that they're fanatical Christians and prominent members of the homophobic Hillsong Church. In fact, Nabi Saleh is an official elder of the church. And as owners of Gloria Jeans, they've used their profits from the company to promote homophobia, which is something that we don't appreciate here at Reality Check. Let's just be clear. Homophobia, apart from being irrational and absurd, is also morally repugnant and abhorrent. It's not something that should be promoted by anyone. Anyway, let me back up a little bit here again and give you a bit of background to Hillsong, because they're key to this whole story. 
So in case you haven't heard of them before, Hillsong is a Pentecostal megachurch based in Sydney. It was founded in 1983 and quickly grew and grew to become what is now the biggest church in Australia. And like Gloria Jeans, its operations are not just restricted to Australia. It's now an international megachurch with over 100,000 people attending services every week at 80 locations around the world. And because they're a very modern church and very much aimed at attracting young people, their services often resemble rock concerts rather than traditional Christian services. They have lots of bands playing Christian music, lots of singing, and loads of cool hipsters and celebrities, including, most prominently, Justin Bieber. Yes, dear listener, Justin Bieber is a fully baptized member of Hillsong. Poor deluded guy. Anyway, besides all the cool young things hanging out at Hillsong, the main reason the church is so attractive to so many people is because it teaches so-called prosperity theology. That's the idea that accumulation of material wealth is good. It's what God wants for you. If you have faith, God will reward you with prosperity and success. So don't feel guilty about earning money. No, on the contrary, God wants you to be rich. Sounds nice, doesn't it? And it's particularly appealing to all those ambitious, upwardly mobile types who find this spiritual justification for their pursuit of personal wealth very reassuring and also very convenient. So Hillsong on the outside looks very cool and hip and you might expect its message to be, well, modern, progressive and liberal. But it's actually not because at heart Hillsong comes from the Pentecostal tradition, and a big part of that tradition is homophobia. And Hillsong is particularly homophobic. For example, in the lead-up to the Marriage Equality Postal Survey this year, the church's senior pastor, Brian Houston, issued a statement urging all Christians to vote no. In that statement, he said, and I quote, I believe God's word is clear that marriage is between a man and a woman. The writings of the Apostle Paul in Scripture on the subject of homosexuality are also clear. In other words, it's a sin. It's an abomination. And so Hillsong fought to stop marriage equality in Australia. Thankfully, they weren't successful. Anyway, Hillsong, like so many other Pentecostal churches, is homophobic. Which brings us back to the problem of Gloria Jeans, because, well, Gloria Jeans, as we mentioned, was owned for many years by those two high-profile Hillsong members, Nabi Saleh and Peter Irvine. And in practice, that meant that Gloria Jeans had a very close relationship with Hillsong. For example, 
Gloria Jeans used to assist Hillsong with fundraising by providing coffee supplies and mobile coffee charts. In other words, Gloria Jeans, the private corporation, provided assistance to a homophobic church. And that's not all they did, because in 2010, Gloria Jeans Coffee, again under the leadership of Saleh and Irvine, donated $30,000 to the Australian Christian Lobby. Now, the Australian Christian Lobby is a vicious homophobic hate group dedicated almost entirely to attacking LGBT people and trying to block every possible advance for LGBT rights. They're a vile and nasty organization. And Gloria Jeans gave them $30,000. That's $30,000 to be used for promoting bigotry and homophobia in Australia. Not very nice. So, dear listener, that's the source of the problem. And that's why in 2012, when news of this donation to the Christian lobby became public knowledge, well, a national campaign was launched to boycott Gloria Jean's coffee. That campaign got quite a lot of media coverage at the time, and there was quite a lot of fallout for Gloria Jean's. For example, a national mental health foundation, Headspace, disassociated itself from Gloria Jean's as a result of these revelations. So, was it right to boycott Gloria Jean's back in 2012? Well, yeah, of course, because profits made by the company could go into promoting bigotry and homophobia, either through donations to the ACL or to Hillsong itself. But, of course, things are not so simple these days because in November 2014, Nabi Saleh and Peter Irvine sold Gloria Jeans. So... Gloria Jeans no longer belongs to the Hillsong homophobes. So, case closed, we can buy Gloria Jeans coffee again now? Well, this investigation is not quite over yet. Because when they sold it three years ago, they sold it to a large Australian multinational corporation with the name, the incredibly bland name, of Retail Food Group or RFG for short. Now, RFG is probably a company you've never heard of, but they are a sizable corporation. They have their headquarters on the Gold Coast, and they're listed on the Australian Stock Exchange. And although you may not have heard of RFG, you've almost certainly heard of some of the franchises they own. For example, Brumby's Bakeries, Donut King, Michelle's Patisseries, crust pizza bars and pizza capers and they also own other coffee chains besides Gloria Jeans including It's a Grind and Esquire's and a number of coffee roasters and wholesalers too such as Di Bella Coffee. They're a company that's grown significantly over the last 30 years and in fact today they are Australia's largest multi-brand retail food franchiser. And they're continuing to expand both in Australia and internationally. So that's RFG, the new owners of Gloria Jeans. 
So everything seems okay, right? The Hillsong homophobes no longer own Gloria Jeans. We can start buying Gloria Jeans coffee again? Well, not so fast, because although Saleh and Irvine sold Gloria Jeans in 2014, they didn't let go completely. They sold the company for $163.5 million, but part of that price was actually $10 million of RFG shares, meaning that the Hillsong homophobes became major shareholders of RFG. And not only that, but part of the sale was a commitment by Nabi Saleh and his senior management team to remain at Gloria Jeans for a minimum of two years. Meaning that Nabi Saleh was still working at Gloria Jeans until at least 2016. But, of course, that wasn't necessarily the end of his contract there. He could have stayed on after that. In fact, he could still be working at Gloria Jeans. Which is relevant to our question today because, well, his presence there is what made the company so toxic. He and Peter Irvine were the ones who donated to Hillsong and to the ACL. So, does Nabi Saleh still work at Gloria Jeans? Is the company still toxic due to his presence? Well, dear listener, essentially the only way to answer that question is by writing directly to RFG itself, which I did. And after an exchange of several emails with the corporate spokesperson, Annie Lyon, I received an email that said, and I quote, Following our acquisition of Gloria Jean's coffee, Nabi Saleh has assisted us with a variety of projects. Huh, it's an interesting response, isn't it? Because what exactly does Annie Lyon mean when she uses the present perfect tense, Nabi Saleh has assisted us? Does that mean he still assists? Or his assisting days are over? Well, I wrote back to Annie to find out exactly what she meant, and she responded with this. Nabi assists RFG on an infrequent basis as a coffee expert. Huh, that's the simple present tense. Nabi assists. That means that Nabi Saleh still works for Gloria Jeans, or at least still consults for them or consults for RFG. And presumably, he's also still a shareholder along with Peter Irvine. So, he's not completely gone from the company. And, just a few days ago, I found out another very interesting piece of information. Because, since early December, just a few weeks ago, RFG has suddenly been in the news quite a lot. This is due to the publication of a months-long investigation into the company by a couple of Fairfax journalists. Basically, they discovered that a large number of RFG franchisees are not happy with RFG and are losing money and going out of business. 
This news sent the RFG share price into a tailspin. And in fact, the share price has fallen 63% since the start of 2017. Ouch. Things are not looking too good for RFG. Which is all very interesting, but not really relevant to the question at hand. But in those reports of that Fairfax investigation, there was one little piece of information that is of great relevance to today's question. Because during their investigation, the Fairfax journalists discovered that in 2016, RFG sold off the management rights to Gloria Jean's drive-through business. Now, this drive-through operation is actually a separate business from Gloria Jean's coffee houses. The drive-through business is basically coffee outlets at petrol stations and high-traffic areas designed to sell coffee to commuters on their way to work. And here's the interesting part. The private company that bought the rights to Gloria Jean's drive-through provided a list of shareholders. And one of the main shareholders is, you guessed it, Nabi Saleh. In other words, although Nabi Saleh sold Gloria Jeans in 2014, he's now a major shareholder of Gloria Jeans drive through Also interesting is that the two other major shareholders of Gloria Jeans drive through are Gary Best and Alicia Atkinson, both high-level RFG executives. Well, not only that, but Alicia Atkinson is actually the partner, as in the romantic partner, of the former CEO of RFG, Tony Alford. So, in other words, Nabi Saleh and RFG's top executives are all in business together in Gloria Jean's drive-thru. So, what does this all mean? Well, basically, it means that the connections between Gloria Jeans and the Hillsong homophobes are not something of the past. Gloria Jeans didn't cut ties with Nabi Saleh and Peter Irvine back in 2014. It just created a network of new connections, this time between RFG and Nabi Saleh in particular. So, the toxic presence of Nabi Saleh is not something of the past. It's very much active and ongoing. So, should we still boycott Gloria Jeans? Well, the answer is yes, absolutely. Because Gloria Jeans is still deeply associated with Nabi Saleh, the Hillsong elder who donated money to the Australian Christian Lobby. And in fact, I would go a step further and say not only should we still be boycotting Gloria Jeans, but in fact, we should be boycotting all the franchises owned by RFG. So that includes Brumby's Bakery, Donut King, Crust Pizza, Michelle's Patisserie, It's a Grind, and all those other famous brands. Because here's the thing. Back when Gloria Jeans was owned by the Hillsong homophobes, it promoted homophobia and became a brand associated with homophobia. In fact, of all the corporate brands in Australia, it's probably the most associated with homophobia. So given this dreadful history, it's not enough now for the company 
just to remain silent on the issue of LGBT rights while continuing to associate with Nabi Saleh. No, it has to swing the pendulum a long way back in the other direction. It has to repair some of the damage it caused. What it should be doing, if it had any moral fiber, is completely disassociating itself from Saleh and Irvine, the Hillsong homophobes, cutting all ties with them and saying, look, we understand our brand caused hurt and harm in the past. We apologize for that. We acknowledge that was wrong. And now we're proud to take a public stand in favor of basic human dignity. We support equality for LGBT people. We support marriage equality. And we abhor homophobia in all its forms. That's what they should be saying. And what's most frustrating is that they just had the perfect opportunity to do this. Because, as you know, dear listener, we've just had a very intense and drawn-out debate in this country on the issue of marriage equality. And over the last few years, more and more corporations have signed up as official supporters of equality. You can see the list on the Australian Marriage Equality website. In fact, 846 companies have pledged their commitment to marriage equality. Pretty much all the biggest corporations in Australia, the banks, the supermarkets, the big retail chains, IBM, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, Google, you get the idea. Except there is one notable exception. Gloria Jeans does not appear, nor does RFG, nor do any of the franchises owned by RFG. No Donut King, no Brumbies, no Crust Pizza, none of them. They had a perfect opportunity to turn the situation around, and they didn't take it, probably because they're still too deeply in bed with Nabi Saleh and the Hillsong homophobes. So, should we still boycott Gloria Jeans? Absolutely. And we should also boycott the other RFG brands. Hopefully, eventually, they'll get the message that homophobia is completely and utterly unacceptable. Fingers crossed. Let's hope so. All right, let's listen to a song now. But before we do, if you'd like to send in a comment or question on today's topic or an idea for a future topic, please send us an email. The address is realitycheckedtony at gmail.com. You can also visit our webpage too for past episodes of Reality Check. That's at realitycheckonline.blogspot.com.au. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get into this week's movie review. All day, every day. Joy 94.9. On air and online at joy.org.au.
Hi, this is Sam Sparrow, and you're listening to Joy 94.9. Welcome back to Reality Check with me, Tony Pittman, on Joy 94.9. Also streaming live at joy.org.au, and also available as a podcast to listen to anywhere in the world on your little pod. The song you just heard there was Never Give Up by Australian singer Sia. And I played that song as a tribute to all those activists in Australia who fought for marriage equality for so many years and never gave up until we finally won a few weeks ago. And also because that song is the theme song to what is one of my favorite movies of the year, Lion. If you haven't seen it, it's well worth seeking out. It's a wonderful movie. Well, gut-wrenching, but very well done. A very powerful story. Anyway, speaking of movies, it's movie review time here on Reality Check. And the movie up for review today is the new romantic drama from Italian director Luca Guadagnino, Call Me By Your Name. Call Me By Your Name is set in a village in northern Italy in 1983 and tells the story of a romance between 17-year-old Elio, played by Timothée Chalamet, and 24-year-old Oliver, played by Army Hammer. Now, Oliver is an American university student who's come to stay for the summer to assist Elio's father with his research. A love slowly blossoms between Elio and Oliver as they go swimming and cycling together through the gorgeous Italian countryside. But of course, like all summer romances, it has to end eventually. Call Me By Your Name was made on a very low budget of just $3.5 million dollars. And so far, it's earned $5.5 million at the box office. So it's been a small financial success. But critically, it's been a huge success with a score of 93 on Metacritic and 97 on Rotten Tomatoes. Many, in fact, are now tipping it as one of the favorites at the upcoming Oscars. And I have to say, I agree with the critics. I think it's a wonderful film, particularly in the final act, the last 20 minutes or so. It has one of the most powerful and emotional endings I've seen in a very long time. And really, the main reason the ending is so moving and the whole film is so great is the performance of its star... Timothée Chalamet. He's just 21 years old, playing a 17-year-old, but watching him in this movie, he's such a talent, you really feel like you're watching a star in the making. He's an incredible screen presence and carries the whole movie by himself. And it never seems like he's acting. He just inhabits the character of Elio. He's amazing to watch on screen. And I'm going to make a reality check prediction right now. I predict that Timothée Chalamet is going to become a big movie star. 
He may even win the Oscar for Best Actor in a few weeks. But even if he doesn't, I'm sure he has an amazing career ahead of him. He's really an impressive young talent, and I hope he has a very bright future. So, although Chalamet carries the film, I have to say the downside in the movie is the fact that I think Army Hammer, as Oliver, was miscast. He just doesn't seem right in that role. Well, for one, he's too old to play a 24 year old, and he's just not really charming enough or sexy enough for that part. And compared to Timothee Chalamet, his acting seems, well, slightly stilted and false, which is a shame because it's such a powerful story. And with an actor more suited to the part, I think it really could have been a great movie. It's still a very good movie, though, and one that packs a very powerful emotional wallop. And it's a film that comes highly recommended here at Reality Check. So do check it out if you get the chance. Now, one final request, dear listener. If you subscribe to this podcast through iTunes, please do leave us a review. This helps other people find the show. Thanks. That brings us to the end of the 75th episode of Reality Check. I hope you enjoyed the show. Remember to send any questions, comments, or feedback to realitycheckTony at gmail.com. And visit our website to subscribe to the podcast. That's at realitycheckonline.blogspot.com.au. Have a great week, and I'll be back with the next episode of Reality Check sometime in the coming weeks. See you then. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.